Hi, how are you? Good morning. This is Brenda Shoshana returning with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Here it is, another day in our everyday life. And thank God there is another day. Thank goodness we're here together. One breath at a time, the days go by. So the topic for today is Inevitable Kindness. And the subtitle is The Treehouse Master, or The Teaching of the Trees, because this is about a Zen teacher who actually lived in a treehouse for years and years, lived in this treehouse and meditated and enjoyed the birds, enjoyed the trees, enjoyed the beautiful breezes, ate a little bit here and there. Actually, he was maybe not so different from my own original teacher, Soen Roshi, who originally was a hermit living on a mountain for many, many years, practicing alone, eating whatever was present for him. Great, great being, great, great teacher, so natural, so unaffected, unadorned, so much fun. He was fun. Oh, my goodness. He loved to play, play, play. He said, I'm your playmate. Let's play. He saw practice as play, as alive, very alive, and unexpected, unexpected. Whatever came, and most of what comes is unexpected, he just played, he danced with it. He, too, was a treehouse master or teacher. That mind, that nature, is what we're talking about. And, of course, many, many children just are born with it, have it naturally, love each day, live each day, until we begin to teach them otherwise or condition them to all kinds of things, to suppress them. Anyway, this great tea house. Let's start with this wonderful little story, which is a well-known story about a treehouse master. He also lived alone um, in a tree, actually, treehouse, and he meditated for years. He wasn't seeking fame, fortune, name, any of that. And anyway, far he must have had some kind of great experience, and the word spread. Now, how did that word spread to others? He wasn't uh, on Skype. He wasn't on social through the wind itself, through the birds themselves, his his awakening or his enlightenment, like a beautiful aroma, just entered the world, the consciousness of the world. It was the way a beautiful, the smell of a flower will just enhance the air and those who pass by will enjoy it. So his particular experience did that and many, 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 many somehow knew about him. They heard something was happening with this treehouse master. Many, many came to his tree because they wanted to know what happened. You know, what is this world about? What did you see? What did you learn in your enlightenment? Whatever that word means, we use that word very carefully, of course. But what is it that happened to you? What did you in the tree for quite a while? But finally they said, come on, come down, come down which meant he wouldn't come down from that peak, that high place he was in. But of course, it's not about coming down from the tree or the mountain. It's about entering the world and sharing whatever it is that you have seen or attained, or I don't want the word attained, but whatever you've seen, 
sharing it, helping others to see that too and to live with that beauty as well. So finally he did come down and of course they again the people, the crowds, they wanted to know what is it you can tell us. And what did this great master say? He was very simple. He just said quietly, please don't do to anyone else anything that you would not like them to do to you. And he added, whatever it is that you desire or want in your life, do that for others. Give that to others. There was quite a silence after he said that, but people were quite disappointed. That's it? They asked him. He just listened. That's all? Even a three-year-old child knows that. That's very basic. It's nothing. Everybody knows that. And he said, yes, yes, everybody knows that. A three-year-old child knows that. But an 80-year-old man still cannot do it. Wonderful, wonderful answer. Wonderful answer. Yes, a three-year-old child knows the, the teachings. We all know them. They're born into our bones when we're born. We know. But can we live it? Can we do it? Do we do it? Wow. To me, that is a very, very, very primal question, an important, crucial crucial question because you know we have so many ideas and we have so we have so many incredibly wonderful teachings especially these days it's a feast truly a feast all the teachings are open the doors are open wonderful teachers are all over and lectures and you name it and we listen we read it we speak it repeat what we've heard but the question is, how do we actually live our lives? <clears throat> how are we in this moment? That's what the tree master was asking, and that is the point of practice as I see it. It's one thing to meditate, meditate, meditate. It's to pray, to contemplate, to study. That's all very important, and it's very wonderful. But then, what happens when you come down from the tree, from the high place? And you see someone on the street. What happens when someone close to you is in very bad pain? Do you run away to meditate? <laughs> or is that pain your meditation? Being with it and being with that person. Is that, how does your practice actually manifest in this world? So what the tree master is also asking is, do we understand the nature of compassion, the true nature of compassion, and how it appears in our lives? Are we practicing in order to be uh, well thought of, <coughs> excuse me, uh, to gain public approval, uh, to join a, cr a, cr a group, a community, to be accepted in the community? That's a very normal need that many people have and you know practice can become that I'll be a upstanding member of the community and I'll go along with whatever they say and think and do I don't want to be looked down on I don't want to be censored I won't be true to myself necessarily I'll be true to my community and to the teachings but 
what does my actual life look like then? And is it another very important question is, are we ultimately aware of what it is that is necessary to alter our inner being so that we can manifest the teachings that we study, so that we can do to others what it is that we would like for ourselves. That's a very simple, basic teaching, but we don't how many how many can actually live this? Now in Zen this is called gyo or practice. How important it is to practice these teachings, to put them into action, to make them into your flesh and blood. In Zen, we, 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 we take care of everything we, the way we want to be taken care of. The teacup even, we wash our teacup very lovingly. We thank it. We appreciate it. We appreciate the floor that is holding up the cushions, and we, we polish it very mindfully. Everything is appreciated, valued, and taken good care of and hopefully also each person. It could be easier to take care of a teacup than to somebody present there who's having a hard time. However, that is what our practice is. And how do we manifest this? How can we interact with the world? You know, simple matters even like answering a phone call or an email or keeping your word to someone even though you don't feel like it saying, I'll be here, I'll do this, and just doing it, even though it may be very hard to do so. Maybe walking along the street and offering an unexpected smile to someone who seems quite downcast can lift their whole day, a moment of connection, moment of reality. What we're talking about is reality, our true reality, which is when you're practicing correctly, I would say your true reality is inevitable kindness, inevitable connection with others. Not kindness for show, or so you can get the approval of everyone else. Very big difference and very important if we're going to somehow come into balance with the great wave of our lives and the great wave of the universe. There's a beautiful teaching Again, in Zen, which from the Buddha, which says, Do not look at the faults of others. Look at your own deeds, done and undone. Very simple, very direct, non-judgmental. But that's one of the ways that we hinder our own natural compassion and joy in life. Always looking at what's wrong with someone else, what they haven't done for us or someone, or, or in general, they haven't met our standards somehow. The mind does that almost in, in unconsciously. It just spins out judgments and rejection of everybody and everything. So a wonderful practice, part of our practice of actually manifesting this kindness that we actually are, is don't look at the faults of others. This obsession with other people and how what they did right, what they did wrong, deeds done and undone. So beautiful that teaching is. Not Don't look at your own feelings that come and go, because if we do have 
sometimes negative feelings. They come, if we don't pay attention, we just feel them, we see them, we let them come, we let them go. Don't give them so much weight. That's one thing. But our own deeds, what are we actually manifesting done? And what deed might be undone in your life left to do? Now, this is not about blaming yourself or being hard on yourself or judging your own self. It's about looking. Look, look, look at your own deeds. Don't look at others. So the more we get in touch with our own actions, our own feelings, our own nature, we just see it. The awareness is powerful. It does a great deal. The more we see it, the more we we own it, the more this huge burst of fun and joy and playfulness and true compassion burst through in our lives. That seems to be how it works. This is kind of, you know, many people go to therapy, and, and I, this is a new form of a different kind of therapy. The therapy of the tree master, I don't even like to use that word, we say the word teachings, because actually in Zen we don't see people as being sick in the same way that we might see them as being sick from a psychological point of view. We see them in the grip of illusions and delusions and a kind of a blindness, and a kind of a blindness, a kind of hypnosis. So our work here is to wake up out of that and to get in touch with the part of ourselves which is always there, always healing, wanting to heal, wanting to enjoy, wanting to create. And that's waiting for us. And it's inside ourselves right now. It's there. I mean, inside or outside is not the right way to put it, but it's available to us, that part, all the time. And and so the practice really is here to not to look at the faults of others. This is one step, one point in a, in a way of manifesting this love that we truly are. Don't look at the faults of others. Look at your own deeds. And as that happens, and as you realize that the simple truth, do for others what you would like them to do for you. Would you like a hug? Would you like a smile? Would you like an ice cream? A simple act of genuine kindness. I don't mean false kindness. I mean a genuine kindness. Really being in the moment with someone and knowing intuitively what they really need and want and offering it. That means a great deal, not only to them, but to you too. Moments. Moments. Our life is made up of so many moments. So let's fulfill these precious moments that we're given. And I am wishing you a beautiful week. Our, our um, website <coughs> excuse me, is zenwisdomtoday.com. Come on and join us. Listen to us. If you care to, send me an email at topspeaker at yahoo.com. If you have comments, questions. I've been receiving so many wonderful emails, and I'm very happy to receive them and to be in conversation with you. I like that word, conversation. That's a very profound word itself, which we'll explore more later on. Um, have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day today, because every day is a beautiful day. Uh, let me finish with a quote re regarding that. 
they say, when there are no unnecessary thoughts in your mind, every day is a good day. Indeed. Indeed. And so I will leave for this week. I will talk to you again soon. I look forward to being with you again next week. Take care. Have a beautiful day. Thank you.